Welcome to this new episode of political developments around the Latin Americas. Today we will zoom in on the intriguing case of Argentina. We'll travel along countries' different stages of development, infused with state interventions and extensive regulations. Nevertheless, Argentinians have shown an infinite flexibility throughout these strong political and economic environments. So, Argentina, well known for its good wine, steaks and tango culture, but also for its political unrest, bouncing between the extremes, from far left to deep right, from promising social programs to the sharp collapse of economic systems. And in this process, what came first, the improvement of institutions or economic growth? This story will reaffirm how every single country is marked by its unique historical context, and political forces. In our case of Argentina, the military and Peronism. So first, what does theory tell us about the stages of development? An interesting approach is described by Roderick and Subramanian in 2003, when they explored the strongest determinant for economic growth, which is a controversial question. Instead of geography or integration, they set institutions to be the most powerful motive for development especially in the protection of property rights and the rule of law. What is crucial here is that it's causality that it's two-sided. So in general, good institutions spark a boost in income levels and economic growth creates better institutions. And in this line of argumentation, the context dependence of institutions is too often neglected. Which road then has Argentina traveled up to its current president Alberto Fernandez? Here are some historical highlights. At the start of the 20th century, Argentina had the seventh highest per capita income in the world. And now they don't even reach the top 60. So what happened? At first, they had strong trade relations for exporting meat, as well as massive investments coming in from Europe and the US. However, all was on the basis of a corrupt government. So political discontent followed, which led to the presidential rise of the military general Juan Perón in 1946, who became very popular among the working class with his promise to eliminate poverty and dignify labor. Here, Peronism was born, a political movement that would never disappear again and defines the core of Argentinian politics. Perón had three pillars, political sovereignty, economic independence and social injustice. He succeeded with an economic boom in the first five years of his term, through industrializing the nation and removing external influences. And then what about his institutional contributions? He installed the first national social insurance system in Argentina, and next to that, Perón established two new institutions to boost incomes, the Aguinaldo, a sort of annual extra month salary, and the National Institute of Compensation, which implemented a minimum wage and managed living standards, These direct benefits for the working class gave him the image of a presidential saint. He is considered a genius in political strategies, which he, by the way, copied from the Italian fascist Mussolini. But this success had an ending, and these attractive institutions evaporated just like economic growth fell down. In order to finance his promises, he started to print money and compensated with more government controls and price regulations. In 1949, he even changed the constitution to place the state and social security at its center. 
What else? He nationalized public services such as transport, energy and communications and restricted foreign trade. Because all of this, he scared investors and therefore isolated the country on an international scale. Poverty grew, a military coup in 1955 followed, and Argentina never recovered. Why? The social programs were too popular to delete. The government had spent huge amounts on the military to secure their loyalty, and internationally, the Argentinian peso plummeted, which made imports very expensive. In 1973... Perón returned as a president, but could not repair the structural damages and only sparked further polarization. Soon after, in 1976, the military junta was in charge, which permanently violated human rights and left over 10,000 people missing. Here we are talking about a critical economic situation, terrorist attacks and public discontent. After some messy political years, including attempts at democratization, in the 90s, again, a Peronist government took power, but this time with a different strategy, privatizations and liberalized economy and trade. Now foreign investments and trade grew and Argentina was developing, but not too fast. The public spending and corruption remained. After a crisis in 2003, then the left Peronist Kirchners came back to power. So you might wonder, why again? It is truly remarkable how the Peronists have always kept presence in governments despite their everlasting systemic vulnerability, and honestly, with terrible results. So in 2015, the neoliberalist Macri took over, but his economic reforms have failed. And then last year, Alberto Fernandez took the office, who again has direct relations with the Kirchners and thus leans back to Peronism. So we can identify two essential traits of Peronism. On the one hand, excessive interventionism, and on the other, public spending. There's this promise of social justice, illusions of economic growth, and ever-returning collapses. And the secret of all this political success? The Peronist promise to more public spending on justice and independence, always financed with the instrument of printing money. Peronists made Argentina a country close to the world, suffering long-term inflation and principally living in a permanent crisis. The relation between institutions and economic growth is totally inter interdependent, and the promise of both has often been used in political strategies, both left and right, just like in many other neighboring countries in Latin America. As we speak, Argentina experiences the longest lockdown globally, with a total of 182 days up until today. A student from Buenos Aires that I spoke to recently formulated it rather positive. We cannot foresee what the upcoming months will bring, if there is room for improvement and growth, and how our economy will come out. What we do know, however, is that Argentinians are flexible and have proven to have survived many economic and political disasters. Although this topic is infinite, on this note we will end. Because what more can we safeguard than the prospects of hope? Thank you for listening, and I really hope you gained some interesting insights in political and economic developments of Argentinian history with the red thread of Peronism, and that you see how complicated and unpredictable such evolutions can be. I hope to have you back at next week's topic, which talks about the harsh fallback of Nicaragua after the long-awaited years of economic growth.